Throughout the long and contentious U.S. presidential election campaign, a nation's attention was fixed on reading tweets and emails. Three weeks after the surprise result that will take Donald Trump to the White House for the next four years, publishers and booksellers alike now hope Americans will want to read something, anything else. Welcome to Copyright Clearance Center's podcast series. I'm Christopher Keneally for Beyond the Book. This fall, booksellers reported a decline in business that they attributed to the distractions of the democratic process. Already, though, as the holiday shopping season gears up, the signs point to improving sales. Andrew Albanese, Publishers Weekly senior writer, joins me every Friday with the latest publishing world news. And today he has the details on what people are reading to escape from the headlines. Welcome back to Beyond the Book, Andrew. Hey there, Chris. Well, good to have you back after a week we took off for the Thanksgiving holiday. And we hope you enjoyed your time with your family. And that brings us, of course, to the very big time of year for publishers, the holidays. And what's your sense of how the holiday book buying season is shaping up? Yeah, you know, this is really a crucial period for publishers, and holiday shoppers are clearly at it in earnest, from, you know, the Black Friday brawls in malls that we've witnessed to Cyber Monday. And so far, the trends are looking pretty good. Cyber Monday actually hit $3.45 billion in online sales, and that's up about 12% over last year, and it's also a record. Uh, that's no surprise. We seem to set a new record pretty much every year for Cyber Monday. But what's equally encouraging this year is that Black Friday sales, those are the sales at the various uh, stores, actual physical stores, were roughly equal to the online sales. And economists say that's a good sign, and it suggests that you know people probably have maybe a little more disposable income, gas is cheaper, perhaps, and you know they're happy to head out to stores as well as just sit home and buy things online. So we're going to have to wait and see for the final numbers as to what uh, that's all going to mean for book sales, both online and in stores. But suffice it to say, publishers are pretty optimistic, and booksellers as well. Uh, that we might close out 2016 on a pretty strong note. Now, I don't want to throw cold water on that, but a few things could possibly hold that back. And you know, one of those is what really are the big selling titles right now? You know, I just don't see a really blockbuster book or two out there that's going to really juice sales for a particular publisher or a bookseller. So that's one thing to keep an eye on. And the other thing is digital sales. Now, we've been talking a lot about the dip in ebooks uh, and what that means for publishers, but I think what really is going to affect the holidays this year is the lack of new devices. And you know, when you get a new Kindle in your stocking or something, you really tend to sort of load up on stuff to read straight away. And for many of us, you never really get a chance to read it, unfortunately. But, you know, we're not going to really have that kind of stocking stuffer this year. Uh, so we'll have to see what that effect is going to have on book sales. But the good news is Americans are spending, and that is a, a good sign, at least. Well, well indeed. And as uh, I mentioned at the top, uh, we did have an election here. Nobody's forgotten that, obviously. And bookstores were concerned that the campaign was distracting people. And now in the weeks after the vote is uh, tallied, where, where do we stand? How, how are things going? Uh, yeah, you know, indie booksellers tell PW Correspondents that Donald Trump's presidential election upset actually contributed to higher sales for many neighborhood bookstores at the start of the holiday selling season. Uh, and that included, you know, not only Black Fridays we discussed, but discussed, but Small Business Saturday and Indies First, which was the following Saturday. And booksellers around the country said that readers this post election were hitting their local stores, uh, pretty heavily. And in Monday's issue, we'll have an article speaking with a number of those booksellers. Uh, 
Nasser Hollenbeck, for example, one of the booksellers in, in the article, the co-owner of Women and Children First in Chicago, said sales for November were up 50% over last year, with Black Friday sales up 52%, and Small Business Saturday sales up 42%. And that obviously, she said, puts the store in line for a really amazing holiday season. Claire Benedict, who's the owner of Bear Pond Books in Montpelier, Vermont, said that based on a really strong November, they're also anticipating a great holiday season. And at Fountain Bookstore in Richmond, Virginia, the election, you know, is, is had a really negative impact, uh, as you suggested, in late October and early November. And indeed, we saw that trend sort of playing out nationally as there was just so much attention devoted to the election that it was, you know, sort of tough to squeeze in any book promotion and sort of tough to get people to think about selling down with a good book. But both sales and attendance uh, at, or excuse me, in traffic, I should say, at Fountain, uh, which were decimated during the election season, have now picked up after the bookstore and indeed were up about 20% on Small Business Saturday. So people seem to be heading back out to bookstores. Well, indeed, some great numbers there. Uh, but you did mention the lack of a blockbuster book this holiday season. So what is selling? Yeah, so I guess a little retail therapy for those who might be disappointed by the election uh, or, or maybe boosting sales here. But, you know, there there just is no girl on the train stocking stuff for must-have book for this year. So right after the election, people bought tons of fiction, according to one of the booksellers we spoke to, which is uh, John Evans, who's the co-owner of Diesel, a bookstore that has locations in Oakland, Larkspur, and I think Brentwood, California. But you know, everyone just sort of wants to escape, so they've been hitting the bookstores pretty heavily for fiction after the election. But nonfiction, too, has started to pick up. Specifically, titles we've heard a lot about are you know, Colson Whitehead's National Book Award-winning uh, Underground Railroad, Jeff Kinney's Diary of a Wimpy Kid series, Rick Riordan's Magnus Chase and Gods of Asgard series, and of course, J.K. Rowling, whose screenplay, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, you know, the, always a strong seller with J.K. Rowling. These were the most frequently cited as strong sellers. Um, but again, no single book really emerged as sort of the it book of the season. Uh, as Todd Dickinson, who's the owner of Aaron's Books and, and Lidditz PA, told us, there just doesn't seem to be a one-driven title that's going to be anything to watch this year. Uh, Dickinson also added, which we've seen from many observers, is that the coloring book craze has begun to fall off. Uh, and that's bad news and good news, I guess. And the bad news is that you know, that coloring book craze, which we talked about a lot on this podcast, really boosted sales for bookstores and definitely boosted traffic. People coming into bookstores looking for those coloring books that ended up walking out with more than those coloring books. But the good news, I guess, is that the end of civilization that so many said the coloring book craze represented, not happening, I guess, at least depending on what our new president-elect does. All right. Well, you mentioned uh, Paula Hawkins and her book, The Girl on the Train, and we know that that drove sales uh, at bookstores, uh, indie and otherwise, for the last two years. So it's got to be some good news that she has a new book coming in 2017. Yeah, is it, is it too early to start looking forward to 2017? Uh, I think not. You know, it's right around the corner, and uh, Riverhead Books announced this week that it has acquired U.S. rights to a book called Into the Water, which is the next novel from Paula Hawkins. The Girl on the Train has sold more than 6 million copies in the U.S. since it was published by Riverhead almost two years ago. Uh, and Riverhead plans to release Into the Water uh, in May of uh, next year. Uh, according to Riverhead, like The Girl on the Train, Hawkins' new novel 
sort of explores uh, deceitfulness and the deceitfulness of memory, they say, and all the dangerous ways that our past can reach a long arm into the present and future. That really has sort of piqued my interest in this new novel. Um, and make no mistake, uh, that's potentially big news. You know, Paul Hawkins is, is a superstar performer now. And uh, I think not only will that mean a good 2017 for Riverhead, I think their holiday season is going to be okay too, because despite being published in hardcover in January of 2015, two editions of The Girl on the Train are still on this week's PW paperback bestsellers list. That's the original trade paperback of The Girl on the Train, which is number one, and the tie-in edition uh, for the movie, which is number four. So a big name is back in 2017 and still kind of kicking it here in 2016. Well, that book really is a big book indeed. I mean, that kind of persistence on the bestseller list uh, is a rare thing in these times, and she certainly has quite an accomplishment there. It's an accomplishment to speak with you every week, and we enjoy doing it. Andrew Albanese, senior writer at Publishers Weekly, thanks for being with us on Beyond the Book. My pleasure, as always. Coming up next on Beyond the Book, a visit to the local library is a common ritual for families with young children. Even the smallest library shelves are stocked with many an armful of storybooks for bedtime. In developing countries across Africa, though, the physical library is a rare sight. Books themselves are even a luxury. But mobile phones and e-readers are helping to overcome the hurdles of distribution and high costs. As Danielle Zacharias of World Reader tells me, mobile reading represents a promising pathway to text. One of my favorite stories is that there was a library in Kenya. And before we sent some e-readers over there, what had happened was that we asked all the kids what their favorite book was. And every single kid came back saying, The Hungry, Hungry Caterpillar. Afterwards, we realized that there was only one book in the library, and it was that book. A couple of months later, we came back and we asked kids what their favorite book was. And at that point in time, every child had a different book that they loved. Coming up next on Beyond the Book, World Reader and the Pathway to Text. Beyond the Book is produced by Copyright Clearance Center with its subsidiaries Rights Direct in the Netherlands and Ixis in the United Kingdom. CCC is a global leader in content workflow, document delivery, text and data mining, and rights licensing technology. You can follow Beyond the Book on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and subscribe to the free podcast series on iTunes or at our website, beyondthebook.com. Our engineer and co-producer is Jeremy Brisky of Burst Marketing. I'm Christopher Keneally. Join us again soon on Beyond the Book. 